This episode of Horror Movie Talk brought to you by Sleepy Time Disposable Ether Wipes. If you're like me, you hear about all these studies on the benefits of afternoon naps, but who has time in their busy schedule to carve out time for a nap? Well, the good people at Sleepy Time have you covered. With one swipe of a Sleepy Time brand disposable ether wipe, you'll be off to Dozeland on the Snooze Express. Don't waste precious minutes of your power nap falling asleep. Let Sleepy Time disposable ether wipes release you from consciousness faster than you can say Sleepy Time disposable ether wipes. Go to sleepytime.onion and use the code HMT at checkout to receive a free pack of Sleepy Time disposable ether wipes for kids. Hello, and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day, the foremost expert on Scarenonos. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm Bryce Hansen. And I'm David Day. I'm the foremost expert in scare no-nos. Yes. I don't know if you knew that. And I'd appreciate it if you'd call me Dr. Hansen from now on. Yes, Dr. I mean... Hansen. I went to 12 years of college to get my doctorate in spookology. Well, so I mean, you gotta, res- it. you gotta respect the position. Respect the, the position, not the person, I think. <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, to new listeners, check out our website at horrormovietalk.com, all one word. You can put a www in front of that. You know how websites work. There you'll find links to our social media and past episodes. We post new episodes every Wednesday, so please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. And please, 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 if you're on iOS and you use Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating. Yeah. We're really trying to get up to 200 ratings. That's our goal. Yeah. Well, you guys want us on Rotten Tomato? We want to be on Rotten Tomato. So guess who's going to be on Rotten Tomato? With or without your help, motherfucker. So you better get <laughs> no, on No, 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 no. With, with your with help. With your help. With Please, your help with your help. what I meant to say. We've got a great show today. I am this... so excited yes. for today. This is like, I'm, I can feel the energy in the room today because this has been a long time coming. Yeah, we've talked about this movie quite a bit because it's one of our favorite movies. It may be my very favorite movie. Yeah. It may be, it may, it may be right behind There Will Be Blood. Yeah, this is uh, an important film in the horror genre and something that I think fans of ours will like us talking about. Today we're going to be talking about The Witch. Oh, baby. We'll start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10. 1 being miserable dredge that makes you angry. 5 being an imperfectly average film that hits all the expected marks in 10. Being so good, it transcends genre boundaries. This is all stuff we say in every episode, so let's get through it so we can talk about The Witch. After we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. And Later, we'll be doing a couple games. We're going to be doing taglines, perennial favorite, as well as a new game, especially for The Witch, <gasps> called Witch is a Witch. Witch is a Witch. Yeah. Which witch is which? So we'll, we'll get there, but first, let's talk about... The Witch. Let's indeed. We both rewatched The Witch. It's uh, available. How many times have you watched this? I think this is probably my fourth or fifth time. Yeah, this is probably my third, I yeah. think. It's available for streaming on Netflix right now. <laughs> right. And it is as great as I remember it the first time. It is just such a solid it's movie. It's perfect. It's, it's really a great movie. But uh, let's... 
I mean, just wait for our scores, though, because yeah, you maybe, never know. You never know. I, I mean, mean, I'm I'm feeling a pretty low score today. So. <laughs> Here's the trailer. What went we out into this wilderness to find? Leaving our country, kindred, our father's houses. For what? For the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Again, like David mentioned, this film is available for uh, streaming on Netflix. If you're a Netflix subscriber, you can just watch it for, I mean, I guess not technically free, but you can watch it there as well as any, you know, rentable streaming platforms. It'll be found there. This film is about a family that's trying to live off the land in 17th century New England after being banished from a Puritan plantation due to ideological differences. The film never tells specifically what these religious differences are, but the father, William, played by Ralph Innocent, is a devout man of God that, while prideful and stubborn, is trying to raise his family as zealous Christians. William's family is made up of his wife, Catherine, played by Kate Dickey, and his five children, Thomason, uh, the eldest teenage girl, Caleb, the next oldest boy who is on the cusp of puberty, and the young twins, Mercy and Jonas... And finally, the baby Sam. While the, while the harsh realities of homesteading in 1630 present their own danger, what this film is really about is this family being beset by a witch that lives in the nearby woods. There's, as well as just general satanic forces. There's a lot of undercurrents and themes within this movie that go, in my opinion, go much deeper than just... <laughs> 
the what you see at a surface level. So, and we, we I'm going to get into that for sure. So, yeah. Um, the film's original title was the, the Vich. <laughs> so a lot of th- times you'll see this, um, uh, this film with the title with two capital V's in front of it. Yeah. Originally it was called the V the Vich, a new England folktale. And it really is that great lengths are taken to make this period piece authentic. Uh, from the costume design to the dialogue, which is sometimes taken directly from sources from the time. I went in with a certain set of expectations with the film. I thought the major dramatic tension in a super realistic period film would come from the mystery or doubt surrounding false witchcraft accusations a la The Crucible. Well... This is not the Crucible. No. While realistic, this is still very much a folktale, and as such, the witches are very real, and the power of the devil is frighteningly apparent. Yeah. That's like the major... I mean, it's so it's so weird seeing it. It's so accurately portrayed, the yeah. time, and the, the characters, even more so than a normal period drama, almost, and because it felt as dirty as it would be back then it's not like yeah i mean i mean if you're trying if you, basically if you're trying to move out into the middle of the woods in ontario and uh which is where this was filmed is in, in northern ontario i've been there and it looks just like this um and uh if you're trying to do that and really make a make a shot at it, this is what it's going to look like if you don't have a truck. If you just got a, a horse and some seeds in your pocket. <laughs> yeah. And so the it's not it looks realistic, but it is not based in reality. This is based in a the folk magic and the folk beliefs of the time. Yeah. Which is also just a really interesting thing like taking <laughs> like a folk tale. Like what if you took Paul Bunyan and made a realistic gritty movie about him? Yeah, it's you know. It's a turn that I think I wish we had more of these kind of examples of, you know, the 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 cautionary tale that was told to keep people in line being real. Right. Like that, you know. But also, they really believed this stuff back then. Yeah, like that's they, what, I, that's what very, I'm saying. very much had an impact on their lives as opposed to just being like a children's story. Right. Um, so it should be noted, and uh, several people have noted, that this film is important in the genre as being the first in this modern wave of horror films dubbed Elevated Horror, um, uh, which most of them coming out of the A24 film studio. The seriousness and craft that director Robert Eggers brings to this film is undeniable. It showed how successful a serious and cerebral horror movie could be. Yeah, I I went into this with high hopes because the trailer was very impressive, and I was not disappointed at all. I remember coming out of this going, holy shit, I didn't know that this kind of thing could happen. Right. You know, I didn't know that you, that you could make this kind of... I did, it just was a totally new thing to me. And yeah. I was so excited because, I, like, I, it gave me hope for more like this. And Hereditary really followed it up nicely. Right. And it's it's kind of a... Also out of A24. Yeah, this, this moniker of the elevated horror movies, I know in the genre there's lots of people that take issue with that because sure. it's saying... That the other horror movies aren't as good. Yeah, but... And you can even look around the time. I mean, 
production value and the seriousness of the draw of the genre was kind of starting to get more traction mm-hmm. even before yeah. 2015 so i mean like even the conjuring films yeah. were a little, was, little higher effort yeah they than, were taken more stuff. seriously than a final destination uh-huh. movie and um it was starting to come out of that found footage um period in, yeah. in horror films to where they're like all right we've we've uh extracted a ton of value out of this idea of found footage where supposedly we're spending a lot less money to make a lot more money yeah because it feels realistic and then they started going back more towards high production and higher like artistic and you're coming <laughs> merit you're coming out of a decade uh you know 2000 to 2010 where it was kind of, it was kind of a desolate spot for horror movies i mean there are obvious you know standouts this is where this is kind of where, you know, found footage was birthed and but a lot of people don't found footage in very high regard at all. Um, I I think there's definitely a time and place for it. But in terms of a big blockbuster horror, there was not a lot going on for a long time. And yeah, this is this one of one of the Kickstarters. Yeah. To, I mean, the blockbuster horrors were the found footage movies. Right. Like, I mean, Blair Witch and Paranormal paranormal activities did really well yeah they did really well the other ones that were really popular you know maybe not right around this time but pretty soon before it was like more on the torture porn variety yes hostile and saw and stuff like that that was had its day in the sun and so this is really kind of a turning point and some point to it as the first but i mean there's other films around there. That, I mean, The Babadook came out before it. I could say that that was kind of it felt in, like in the realm of the elevated horror um, stuff. It felt like it felt like there now there was being horror made for me. Right is is what this f- film felt like to me. Um, but I I really can't say enough good things about The Witch. It creates a believable world filled with relatable characters which brings a really unprecedented gravity to some of the fantastical supernatural elements. There is no doubt in this movie for the audience. I want to make a point of that because going in, like I thought that would be a big part of it. Um, they go full witch. Yeah. There's like full cackle. If, if, it's, it's if you like, have kids, if you have kids, this is going to be a hard watch right? for your wife. <laughs> yeah. They Potentially. Go, if your wife is like my wife. Yeah. They go full witch very early on and the audience gets to witness in horror the dramatic irony of this poor family being ripped apart by the powers of Satan. Yeah. In a real, real way. It's really... Uh, uh, disturbing and graphic. It goes hard in the paint, um, you know. But uh, at the same time, it's not. It's not very. It's it's graphic in the in the graphic parts, and then there's just this, and then it's mostly a a, a kind of a interfamily drama. I mean, I can't even say that there's a lot of graphic parts. Honestly, it's one of those films where you you infer it, so you much, you infer yeah. so much, and you assume that there's a lot. That's absolutely but it's right. Just the ideas that it's conveying are so shocking. Oh well, the, and the imagery is shocking too. Right, it is shocking. Yeah. Yes, they don't show the the what what we may be alluding to right now. Right. And if you've seen the witch, you probably know what we're talking about. But they show enough for you to be like, oh shit, oh shit. This is hyper alarming to right. me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh so I give it a two out of ten. 
<laughs> Sorry, I'm a little hot right now. Yeah, no. Uh, uh, what do you What do you really give it? I give it a ten out of ten. This is as close to a perfect horror movie for me as as it can get. And I mean, I. You can call me a pretentious douchebag, but if you think this that this the movie sucks, you can just get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, yeah, this like, is this is really our lane. Yeah, a hundred percent. And uh, I, I definitely a hundred percent agree with you. I, I like I said, I've watched this four or five times. I may enjoy it more than I enjoy Hereditary. This is such a good, uh, such a well made, well thought out. Just impressive story from beginning to finish. Like, just in terms of if we're looking at good stories, if all you're looking for is a good story, this is a fabulous story. There's no fat on the bone at all. Everything is intentional. Everything's important. Every scene is there for a reason. And it's so good. It tickles my dickle the whole way through. Yeah, I think. I mean, some people. I've heard some people say that it feels really slow, but it 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 doesn't for me. It's it only an hour and a half. Yeah, like it moves a pretty quick clip, and stuff happens like one after the other. It if you're it easily has enough time to breathe, and, and and there might be an element of hearing the accent and the language of the time that might be a little off putting. People might not quite understand it or be like oh this is boring because they're talking boring talk because listen to their voices not only is it that but so much of it requires your you to make up to to infer Mm -hmm. right this is not a horror movie that shows its its hand you know this is not a halloween movie where he's he's hacking people up you know where he's on the hunt this is this is a movie that is a it is a slow burn drama Mm-hmm. You know, it is a it is a drama, dramatic story about a family that's being torn apart. Yeah, and tearing themselves apart. Yeah, like it's. Yeah, there there's lots of stuff that happens between interpersonal relationships, and I think you know I gave Hereditary a ten out of ten also, but I think I might be inclined to agree with you that this kind of edges it out because a little bit of the sole reason that it is so consistent in tone, like there's not a shift. Like no, Hereditary has a definite shift at the end, which I, I still love. Yeah. Like, it's not... It's a totally people, different thing. Some people complain about how, it like, you know, it kind of goes full retard at, at the end yeah. with, the, with the... You said the R word! With the cult stuff. But this one, you know what's happening yeah. the whole time. Yeah. And you know, basically, where it's going to end up. It's either going to end up they're saved or it's going to end up very badly. Yeah. And, Another aspect of this is, and this is not, this is, this is not to, um, this is not to be, um, belittling towards, towards people or anything like that. This is just one of these things where if, if you, if you don't have kids, it may like for me, like there are plenty of people who don't have kids and who will fully realize and, and feel all the full spectrum of emotions that I felt through this whole thing. Plenty. Because I remember watching this kind of movie before I had kids still affected me greatly. But there is a there is a sub a, a subsection of people who just can't relate to this this yeah. very primordial like, oh my God, my kid feeling. Yeah. And 
And if that's you, th- nothing n- nothing against you at all, but this movie will work better if you have a lot of empathy for little kids. Yeah. I think I'm always I'm pretty inclined to write a blog post. I got an idea for a blog post about the parental divide in horror movies cuz when I go on uh our horror on this Reddit, is, this is what I'm talking like, about. Like there there is a definite divide in people that love hereditary and um like movies based around family relationships and and stuff happening to kids and and it may people, work a lot better for women as well like yeah, and for and, people with a high amount of empathy <laughs> or who can relate very easily like this is the kind of thing that yeah. that will get to them more yeah but there's there's a certain element about parenthood that unlocks a just a huge Pandora's box of fears of fear inside you. you yeah, you did not have access until not have access to until you become a parent. And well, so we should it, preface that we didn't have it. I didn't have this necessarily no. so much of this terror for no. for kids as I do now. Yeah, I mean, maybe if you're an older sibling and you've had responsibility with kids and you realize how fragile and, and fickle and, and uh, you know vulnerable kids are maybe a little bit really like it feels like there's this divide where people that have that are parents skew they get really scared by um kind of more cerebral relationship stuff around kids right and people that haven't had kids it just doesn't affect them like you see a kid and you're like oh that's another character that died right you know oh no that's the the monster got that little child i'm really interested to see what then, you say about this because you have an interesting take on it and because it is it is a bit of a you know it's it's a little bit of a a, a, a delicate area delicate yeah. place to tread and then like the the other stuff that i don't know it feels like the kid the 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 people that aren't scared by the parental stuff skew more towards slashers or like home invasion stuff where it's like they either just want to see someone yeah. murder or they they are more fearful about being attacked right. themselves. Yeah. And I never... Yeah. It's I, hard for me to relate to I that. I don't really care. And also, I'm a little bit nihilistic, so I just welcome it. <laughs> I'm like, I hope I'm okay, the first. Let's, <laughs> let's end this charade of life. <laughs> just take me now. Um, anyways. <laughs> yeah. 10 out of 10. It's a fantastic movie. Yeah. I'm sorry if I offended you if I told you to, to fuck off, but honestly, uh, this is, like, undebatable to me. This is just a great film. Yeah, it's 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 a great film. That Yeah, it's it's, it's not even... It's a standout um, of the genre. I, you could compare this to any other movie, and I, for the most part, unless you're, unless you're putting it up against There Will Be Blood... Um, that would also be a good alternate title for this movie, by the way. Yeah. There will be blood. Yeah, that'd be a, a great yeah. title. But, um, or, you know, this is this is a just a solid film. So let's get into our mid-roll. Just want to take some time before we get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into some of the plot elements of The Witch to plug ourselves. <laughs> because if you like the podcast... And you're not a first-time listener. I don't expect first-time listeners to come, go and join our Patreon account. But we do have a Patreon account. And we've just 
released several new tiers, um, ranging from uh, kind of itty bitty donations up to you know rather sizable donation for us. And each each tier gets um, more and more perks as you go up. And, and every little bit helps and counts, and we really appreciate if if you just take the time to consider supporting us um, because you know this is a labor of love for us. So yeah, by all means, um, if if you can help help out the show, we are small and we want to grow, and yeah. every little bit does help. One of the the avenues that we can grow and get better is just production value in terms of you know we our third mic shit the bed and so we need to replace that there's other stuff we could buy around like freeing up some time with editing um, paying someone to edit for us or to buy some more interstitial music (laughs) that's not just stolen so stuff like that and um you know we try to do bring content to the listeners that they care about and uh you unlock some added bonus content when you become a patron also oh so if you want to become a patron or just check out what the tiers are if you're curious go to our website horrormovietalk.com and there is a button in the banner to become a patron and it'll send you to our patreon page the other button you'll see in that banner is buy on amazon you can support the podcast by buying or renting any movie or product on amazon if you click through on that green button in, in, in the header So if you're going to buy on something on Amazon, click through from our site and we'll get a little taste of that. You guys, I have, I'm so excited because we have a pumpkin carving contest going on right now. Yeah. And it's very important. And we have, we announced it last week and we have zero entries. (laughs) Well, I mean, you got to get the pumpkin. It's a little, it was a little bit early last, last week. So I understand they're getting their pumpkins. They're carving them up. They're trying to think about. You know, what's what's going to really wow us and win this contest? Because the winner, uh, you got to get your entries in by October 25th. And the grand prize winner gets three Funko Pop bobblehead dolls of the witches from Hocus Pocus. So that fits quite nicely with this episode. Because um, just like the witch is really disturbing, Hocus Pocus has a few disturbing parts as well. You know what I mean, <laughs> all of you uh, horror or porno fans. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, get in entries by the 25th of October. Send All you got to do is uh, fill out your contact information and your address so we can send you the prize and upload an image of your pumpkin carving can be a jack-o'-lantern can be some super super elaborate you know movie poster carved into a pumpkin we're really excited about how creative our our fans are and uh please share the entry um retweet the the tweets that we sent out about it or reshare on facebook so you get all your friends that are doing pumpkin carvings to enter um i will say don't cheat we will do a reverse google image search and, for uh, whoever we, we pick and to, enter to make it, sure that you're not a, a dirty liar. To enter into it, you just head to our website. There's a there's a jack-o'-lantern from the Season of the Witch, the Halloween 3 movie, that appears on almost all the pages, somewhere on the page. Yeah, it should be on all the pages. On the homepage, it's down at the bottom, and pretty other, pretty much every other page, it's, it's at the top of the sidebar. Um, it's pretty unmissable if you scroll around. Yeah. It's a giant jack-o'-lantern, and it'll give you a link to the entry. You do have to have a Google account. You have to sign into your Google account to enter, since it's a Google form, um, but that's not a big biggie. 
Enter by the 25th of October, and we'll announce the winner on the 30th of October uh, podcast episode. So thanks again for listening. Oh, yeah, I, we haven't mentioned the Positivacast. Well, um, so the Positivacast went dark on Thursday oh, really? and, and Friday. I am going to record a few new episodes, but I think the five-day schedule is... It's a little too much for this podcaster to keep up, so I need to I need to rework exactly oh, no. how the how dreaded are pod going. fade. Well, yeah, I mean, the, interestingly, like my listens are up. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's just I like I I've just got a lot on my plate right now, yeah. and I'm pretty busy, so I just let it slip for two days, and you just ran out of things in the room to talk about. I just, <laughs> I, I went through every coin let's in the see, coin jar. Let's see the doorknob. No, I already talked about. Did already knobs. talk about doorknobs? Talk about door the, hinge. The crown mold. Oh god, I already did the crown mold. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Enough kicking a dog while he's down. Anyways, thanks again for listening. Let's get into spoilers. Spoiler. What section? What section is this? It's the spoiler section. Oh, I like this first point you have. <laughs> What's your first point? Oh yeah. So the, <laughs> the first point. It opens on the trial yeah. of William and his family. So it opens in this uh, Puritan yeah. courtroom. Yeah. You know, full on pilgrims. Like yeah. they've got hats with buckles on them. It's not clear what. William is on trial for, but he might be on trial for just being a dick. Because <laughs> he's, he's kind of really... It seems almost like a trial that he called. The way the way it plays out, it seems like William's like called them there, and he's like, you guys are fucking up. Yeah. And they're I, like, well, what do you want from us? Would you like to be banished? And he's like, I'd fucking love it. Thank like, you very much. Like, bring it. Like, like, it's so confrontational on his part, it almost seems like... He called the meeting and was like, you suck, you suck, you suck, you suck. I'm out. Yeah, I mean, it It almost feels like it could be he's too zealous or calling the church itself to repentance or right. just something that's... It doesn't ever talk about specifically what it is. It feels prideful. But it feels prideful. It feels like... Um, and, and I think the only thing it really mentions later on is William talks about like with disdain the church yeah. so like i think organizationally like probably the inner hypocrisies of the church or the leadership or something whatever it is like one of those common things that people leave churches for you know like it's <laughs> but like without a doubt william is a true believer is he it's not a trial for heresy no it's not a trial for it's doing something wrong it's a trial for either william is being very difficult <laughs> continuing to be very difficult or this is just William being like, like officially, I'm out. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's they they basically say like, yeah, like you said, what do you want to be banished or something? And he's like, yes, go for it, fuck, fuck you. Yeah, and, it, and they're like, all right, you're, you're almost, banished. Then. It almost feels to me like it's like William called it so that God could see him renounce them and yeah. be like, I look, I I'm done with you officially. Thank you. And so that so that he can maintain his, you know, his standing in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah. Well, that's an interesting take on it that he would call the trial. But 
I, I mean, I mean, that's just what it feels like to yeah. me. Obviously, that doesn't it, make the, make po- a whole the lot point of sense. is he's very defiant and very confident in his ability to make it on his own um, in, in the wilderness. So they they go off and uh, set up their homestead next to the edge of this impassable forest. Yeah, and <clears throat> you know, very early on as they're going. A main character in this movie is the music and the soundtrack. The music does not, uh, I mean, it communicates a lot. It does not bode well for this family. It does not bode well for this family as they approach this forest. Birds are not chirping. Bees are not buzzing. But what you do hear is creepy choral music. Yeah. (laughs) And like strings. Yeah. It's it's, uh, pretty intense. The soundtrack, we talked about this before, the soundtrack is just fantastic. The soundtrack, the soundtrack is perfect. Like the choral music, the a bunch of voices all rising and falling and whoa, whoa together works really well. But not only the soundtrack, the sound design, the, what's going on with the bass, um, what's going on with the the way they pick up the vocals yeah. of, of everyone talking. It's just so good. This is one of those things that's very nerdy of me to point out. But what's great about this movie is the dynamic range of the sound. How so? It reserves the very loud louds for very loud moments. Right. And normally it's like a pretty relatively quiet film, and then some moments are very quiet. Like there's a big element, especially at the end, around whispering, and it's really effective because you're leaning into it. And not only not only the sound is... is is but also the lighting the there are so whereas some movies are just dark and you can't see this movie is very dark for a lot of it it's i mean the lightest it gets is gray and then right and i think i think the okay there's another podcast that you guys should listen to i think i mentioned it before but a24 the studio that put out this movie they have a podcast, and one of the episodes was Ari Aster, the director of Hereditary, and Robert Eggers, the director wow. of this film, um, just talking to each other. They're interviewing each other, and it's a really interesting episode. They don't necessarily talk a lot about their own films. They actually talk a lot about... Uh, their inspirations. <clears throat> what's the name? <laughs> one director in, in particular, Ingmar Bergman, a German director that was highly influential for both of them. They're just kind of nerding out about this... Um, I think he's a German expressionist director. Um, but in that in that interview, there was some stuff that that was revealing about Robert Eggers. In particular, his background is kind of in costume design. I think his father or someone in his family was involved in in fashion or costume design, and so he has a really good grasp on it and it comes out in this movie because the costumes are fantastic and the and the setting of the movie is very realistic and and to your point of it being dark he talks it's about, about it's got a beautiful gradient of dark yeah. like it's not just dark and then it's just black it's this amazing gradient of light to dark right but it's realistically dark right. because at the time if you think about it if you're in a just candles in a family at night it's literally lit by just candles and yeah. so it's super um you know the source lighting in in the scenes 
is very dim and flickering. And I think, and I noticed as I was watching those scenes with the family at night, just huddled around some candles there, he does light it a little bit more than would normally be from the source lighting, but it's very subtle. Right. Because you can go too dark with this kind of thing, as is evidenced by that fucking Abe Lincoln movie with Daniel Day Lewis. (laughs) Like that movie was so dark. I couldn't see shit the whole time. I was in the movie theater. I couldn't see anything. Right. We need to establish early that everyone in this film, every everyone in the family is devout Christian. Oh, yeah. Like, they are true believers. There's not really any doubt. The only two that are yeah. maybe kind yeah, of on the, the twins. fence is the twins. The twins seem a little, little ostentatious. Yeah, they have, you know, <laughs> they're mostly Christians, but they also kind of like this black goat Yeah, in particular. Um, but that's really important that there's not really any doubt in any of their minds like that's not a part of it right uh, religious doubt is not part of the equation and that's really interesting to yeah. me the choice that they make um and i'll talk a little bit more about that later um within the first 10 minutes of this movie we see the witch yeah <laughs> which is this most impressive part of this film and it's the part that sticks with me most Probably because it's the most shocking. It is. It is. It's like your ultimate nightmare come true. Yeah. So so it opens up. They bear very quickly. They're expelled from the Puritan community. They set up their homestead and it kind of flashes forward and probably a couple seasons. It's like they left in the spring and now it's here we are in the fall. So Thomason, the the eldest girl is taking care of the baby Sam, and this is in the trailer. She's playing peekaboo with him, and she covers her eyes and goes, boo, and does that three times, and the third time, she, Sam's gone. She like, opens her eyes, and she as she looks up, there's like a stick in the in the middle distance and a tree in the far distance, and they're both wiggling as though somebody just darted away. Right. Like, it's like, holy shit, how... How'd she move? How how did whatever grabbed him move so yeah. fast? And you couldn't feel it go by you, or even just that moment in the trailer was so yeah, alarming. I was, I was on board. You're just like, good God, that is frightening. Just having a baby vanish in front of you, and it's within like closer than arm's reach. You're, I, you're hovering over it. It's realistic too, because I'm at that stage right now with Emma <laughs> where, you know, about nine months and she, she, she started crawling a couple weeks ago and now she's so fast that you literally, you put her down and then you t- turn around to get a fork yeah. and then you turn back around and you're like, Oh, where's the baby? And, and you know, she's trying to pull the refrigerator down on top of right. her. Right. Um, so baby Sam disappears and you think like, oh, wow, that's going to be the mystery of the movie. What, what happens to Sam? Nope. You don't have to wait. Like it it cuts to the witch running through the woods with the baby crying. Yeah. She's like, (laughs) and it's like, oh God, she's, she's got him. There he is. He's, he's in her arms. And then you go in this witch's hovel and she's kind of petting this naked baby and you're like, what's she going to do with this baby? What kind of ritual she's going to perform? And then she just picks up a knife and you're like, "Uh Oh, and then it cuts to a shot (laughs) of her, a shot of her naked back. She's naked, dimly lit and, uh, working away. Work. Just really really working. 
and uh, that, I don't I don't know how to how to break this to you, but she is mashing up this baby in like a mortar and pestle, yeah, like just really grinding down baby. Mm-hmm. And to she smear on herself. She rubs it all over herself. It's so alarming. It's, the, it's lit, I can't stress this enough. This is within the first ten minutes of the film. My wife was so, like, she's like, I remember this movie. This movie was great. And then ten minutes in, she's like, this movie's terrible. She's like, I'm like, yeah, but is it is it terrible or does it just make you feel terrible? And she's like, it, yeah, it makes me feel terrible. Yeah. It's a great movie. I cannot get my wife to watch this movie. I. I <laughs> Tried so hard the angle of, it's a period movie. It's 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 a really it has artistic merit. It's mostly accurate, all accurate, all accurate. Yeah, that's those none of, none of that is a lie. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, we're we're told very early on that this is a real thing. This witch is actually mashing up babies and rubbing it on her body, and that's like those are the table stakes mm-hmm. for this movie, and so that's where we are going on. And then it cuts back to the family, and a lot of it is just the family dealing with the disappearance of their baby. Yeah. And the fallout from that, and all of the characters in their different stages of life and different priorities trying to live in this really, really uh, harsh, like, harsh environment. Yeah. And, you know, you, you know, the baby going missing really sets the movie up um, for, you know, your fall guy. You know, so now you have... Oh, I'm sorry. What's the oldest girl's name? I should... Thomason. Thomason. Thomason is now, like, fucked, basically. In the family's eyes, she was she was in charge of watching the baby, and the baby goes missing on her watch. Right. And now she's the fall guy. Right. And, uh, and as if she wasn't having a hard enough time coming of age, you know, she's a young girl alone in the woods with only her family coming of age. It's just, it's, this is the, everything's coming to a, a head. Yeah. And things don't go well for her after that as well. No, nothing goes well for anyone. In no. this <laughs> the harshness of the wilderness is really a character in this movie. Mm-hmm. A very large element of this is in the backdrop not only are they suffering from this horrible loss, but also their farm is not doing well. Yeah. It has like, like a little bunch of diseased corn. Yeah. And they are actually worrying about starving. Right. And William, the father is trying to do his best. Um, but in the end, you can you get the impression that he's he doesn't really know what he's doing either. Um, he he's not terribly good at hunting. He's not terribly good at farming. But he's a he's a dead ringer for chopping wood. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. dude's got that wood chopping down, and he does it throughout. That's a that is a uh, a pretty constant. That's a constant throughout the movie where you get a scene of him chopping wood and and basically it's it's ba- it's it's just him getting his frustrations out. You know, it's yeah. it's him being with whatever the this next thing is that he's dealing with. He's just like, fuck. Yeah. One of the main points is William doesn't tell his wife Catherine, but he takes her silver cup her prized silver cup that she got from her grandfather or something and he sells it so he can buy a a trap for the woods because you know they're going to starve yeah and so he's trying to plan forward 
he takes Caleb, their oldest son, out into the woods in the early morning, and William shares this secret with Caleb and tells him not to tell anyone. And uh, they check this trap, and it's empty. It's empty. It's It's gone off, but uh, nothing. And they're trying to go out and hunt. They have their gun with them, and they spot a bunny. Yeah. And William, like... Kind of a hare. A hare. Yeah. But it is a bunny. And you can tell that the hare is evil. Yeah. Because it's got real shifty eyes. You, can, it's, I mean, he's not wrong. What he says, <laughs> the way, way, he's, way he's sounding it sounds almost like a Norm MacDonald joke, but no, that's that's an evil looking bunny. Yeah. it's And like the music cues and stuff. It's it's great. So, I mean, I always make re- reference to this, but that's like a Simpsons reference. And the bunny looked at you? When uh, Homer is pitching a movie idea to Mel Gibson. He does <laughs> this laundry laundry eyes. list of all these ideas, and he says, like, the the dog is evil. And Mel Gibson's like, well, how do you know that the dog's evil? And he's like, well, he's got real shifty eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the end, while they're running the credits in that episode, they got a dog with shifty eyes yeah. looking around. And you're like, oh, yeah, that dog is evil. <laughs> but this rabbit is, is – he's a – yeah, he's a bad rabbit. And then the the gun. I should I should say she's a bad rabbit. Yeah, it's this is the witch's familiar. Is it though? It's one of them. Yeah, um, absolutely. And uh, so they try to shoot at this rabbit, but the gun backfires. So it's very obvious that this rabbit or this witch have influence, and they're kind of fucking with yeah the family and uh, their livelihood. And uh, because they, and and I mean, there's more to just the trap being set off, and there's nothing there than just that. Because you look at a bear trap, if it gets set off, whatever sets that thing off is in there. Like right. like it's not a hair trigger; it takes some weight to do. And and if if whatever put some weight on there did it, it's it's still in the trap. Yeah. So they go back, and and so there's this added element of Catherine wondering where her silver cup is, and this resent, this growing resentment between Catherine and and Thomason, her oldest daughter, her oldest daughter, and the secret that William's keeping. So lots of like interpersonal stuff. Um, the other thing that's happening, like each character has a really interesting arc. Yeah, like every single one. Yep. So Thomason has this whole drama surrounding her of, of losing the baby and becoming more and people becoming more and more suspicious becoming the of black her. sheep of the family and caleb the oldest brother he's just on the cusp of of puberty yeah you can and tell he's, he's really dealing with what that means because he's like dealing with these hormones and he's trying to st- Start sneaking a peek at Thomason's breast yeah. through her clothes. And, and can, I could spend a whole episode just talking about that. Really? Like, that is so... There's another movie that does that, too, um, which is Babel. I don't know if you've ever seen Babel. No, I haven't. But there's this part... It tells the story of, like, these l- different disparate families across the world and how they impact each other. But one of the families is this... Afghani, I think it's an Afghani family. Okay. And yeah, one of the boys is like attracted to his sister because there's no other women around and you're like going through puberty and living in a super, super conservative religious environment that tells you you're evil if you right have any kind of <laughs> lustful thoughts or whatever. And so like when you have 
a lustful thought, it goes to the worst place. Right. But this movie deals with it in such a realistic way. It's not, right. it's not perverse or anything like that. Uh, I mean, it is in, 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 in the very most bare bones of natures, but it's not because of, because of his reaction. He know he feels shame about it. He's trying to, you know, he'll spend a little too long looking, yeah. looking at her and, and then he'll, and then he is very clearly feeling shame over it. Right. And, and will avert his eyes from her for a whole minute, you know, and won't yeah. even talk to her. He'll just be like, you know, leave me alone. I'm just trying to get by and be a non-sinner here. Yeah. So like, and he does, can, you, can love you take his... those sweater puppies and just maybe put them over there for a while? Yeah. And he does love his sister too. Yeah. Like just, you know, as a, as a brother. Yeah. It's I mean, just it's very the, interesting. It's just, it's just when there's boobs out, you gotta look. Yeah. W- what are you going to do? It's one of those things when you're growing up, like you worry about like, what does this mean? Like, what does this make me? a bad person or does this make me evil? Um, or even like parents, when they see their kids doing stuff, they have to be told or reminded, like, this is just normal kid stuff. Like this is stuff that they, they're figuring out. Like if you leave like little kids alone at a certain age, like they're going to end up naked around each other. They're just going to be curious and play doctor or whatever. And especially now, nowadays you just like, you immediately go to, okay, there's, some sexual predation going on and like even though even though they're like five like oh someone is preying on another it's like no this is this is just part of like curiosity and growing up and trying to figure out feelings and whatnot anyway so that's going on with caleb the mother of course is going through this grief spiral with losing sam dealing with um leaving her her country. Yeah. She left England. She misses her, presumably her whole family. Misses society. Misses society. Civilization. Yeah. She, now she's cast out of the, uh, their community. And everything is going wrong for her. And so it's very tempting. And I'm sure people look at the character of Catherine and say, oh, she's just a shrew or she's like, yeah, man, she's a real bitch. Like, yeah. she's not being helpful at all. And like the second viewing, especially, I'm like, no, this, yeah, this that's, is that's perfectly rough. understandable. Like, yeah. Stuff that happens to Catherine, it is absolutely understandable that she would go insane. Like, no doubt. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. If you consider the whole of her, uh, of her, you know, her life and, and, and where it's amounting to right now, everything is everything is coming to a head for this family very quickly for every person in this family. And she's really the only one that's. <laughs> reacting in a relatively normal way to how crazy things are. Isn't it weird? Isn't it weird how, like, she loses her son, her baby, uh-huh. and then, like, really, almost the la- like, one of the last straws for her is losing her silver cup. Like, then she's like, whoa, whoa, where's my fucking silver cup? Like, I've I I moved away from my country. I got banished from the from the, our small little civilization. I lost a kid. I'm I'm our farm is we're not going to have enough food for winter. And where's my fucking cup? <laughs> and then, well, yeah, and then later, um spoiler, we're in the spoiler section so it doesn't matter, but later Caleb dies. Right. And so she is she's her family is dying in front of her. It's the only thing she has left. And even then, they're worried about starving and all dying. So, anyways, like, her reaction to what's happening makes a lot of sense. 
even William's reaction to it makes less sense because his pride and his like his stoicness about the situation yeah. is probably not natural. He should be more panicked. And he's he's not. I mean, but we all know. Well, I mean, I know of at least a few people, uh, you know, in, in my in my family who are very similar to him. And and the reason I believe he is he his his faith is so strong and he is so sure that God is with him that it justifies and and explains away. You know, I've met this guy. Right. Who is just like this. I know him. He's, yeah. I'm related to him, you know, so. Yeah. Um, so that's his character. And then finally, the, the last characters are the twins. And they're just little kids. They're annoying little kids. They're yeah. annoying little shits. But. Little boy and girl. They're still innocent. But there's something going on there. Yeah. Like, there's definitely something going on. They're, they're singing this song. They're a little too attached to this black goat, Black yeah. Philip, Who shows up out of nowhere. This uh, if I if I caught the 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 um if I caught the way the way it went down is these kids are are dancing around that that first scene with them dancing around and singing to Black Philip Black they have the song for him that's the first time this family has seen Black Philip Black Philip appeared out of nowhere and the dad wrestles him into into the cage. No, the, the, it was their goat. And, and no, because because then later Thomason says says to her dad, "Oh, and then and then this goat shows up out of nowhere and the twins are just are able to speak to it and you think when he's basically accusing her of being a witch, she's like, "Well, what about the twins? This goat shows up out of nowhere. They can talk to it. It talks to them." Like I don't. I didn't hear that comes out of nowhere thing because that, it, it's that, hard. It's hard for me because because her speech w is so stilted in this old sixteen hundreds kind of vibe that I, that's what I thought I got out of it. I might be wrong. So Correct me if I'm wrong. The, the if first scene you're listening to this. The first scene is they're like dancing around Black Philip and out of his pen, out of his pen, and they're like the father's pissed off that they let him out. So. Like it didn't, it didn't appear then. So at least they had it at least before that scene because okay. they, he was supposed to be in the pen and wasn't. I'll try and look it up as we're, as we're talking and I'll, uh, I'll get... well, I can just pull it up and yeah. Netflix. So yeah, Black Phillip was in the family after before. some research, yeah, after some research, we, we went back to the film. We, we, we did a review of the tape. Um, so, uh, yeah, these these twins are really enamored with this goat, and they're that singing... the family has had the whole time. I was wrong in my assumption that they found the goat. Yeah, so they they're singing songs to this goat. Right. They have a song for Black Philip. They have a couple little things that they do and say with Black Philip. And this is one of those things that I almost I almost suggest that you watch this movie with subtitles. You can't understand it. Um, it is kind of old English, so there might be some phrasings yeah. that might be a little confusing. Um, but a lot of the stuff happens, like a lot of the lyrics and stuff kind of betrays what's going to happen. So this is the song that they sing to Black Phillip. You got to imagine two twins singing this 
like that are oh, ages, maybe, maybe like we could seven, try eight. Should we try? Okay, yeah. Black Philip, Black Philip, a crown goes out his head. Black Philip, Black Philip, to Nanny Queen is wed. Jump the fence post, running in the stall. Black Philip, Black Philip, king of all. King of all. Yeah. <laughs> and the other ones are Black Philip, king of sky and land, king of sea and sand. We are ye servants, we are ye men. Yeah. And Black Philip eats the lions from the lion's den. Damn. So it's like, good lord. Like, this is like... These kids they're, are hardcore. They're pledging allegiance to this black goat and saying that he's the lord of land and sea and air. And and their parents are just like, hey, can you, can you guys keep it down a little bit while you're singing your pledge of allegiance to this goat? Yeah, so it feels very like innocent while they're doing it but there's this edge to it yeah and the direction is great you're like something's not right yeah. about that yeah the whole time you're like these twins are fucked up but you can't necessarily hear what they're saying because a lot of it's mm-hmm. like in the background and other stuff is happening yeah but if you have the subtitles on you can read it and you're like good lord this is actually satan in this goat um there so they there's a lot of resentment around Thomasina. The mom wants to ship off Thomasina because she's coming of age and she'd be better serving another family and maybe making them some money. I think that was kind of part of it or they're going to sell her off or to be a servant or something. Uh, yeah, but mainly or a dowry it was, or something yeah, like that. It was mainly to have her not be there for another mouth to feed since they're going to starve. Yeah. But um, Caleb overhears this, and he doesn't want that to happen, so he takes it upon himself to go out into the woods and try to get... Try to rustle up some grub. Rustle up some grub and hunt. And Thomasina demands that he take her with him. They go out into the woods, and probably... Caleb just goes out uh, kind of a... He, he like, sets off uh, apart from Thomasin on a chase. Yeah, he sees... Was it the rabbit? Yeah. So they catch a rabbit in the trap, and then they seize the the shifty eyed rabbit, and he starts chasing after it. And Thomasine is like, "Whoa, whoa!" And she's on a horse, and the horse is freaked out by the devil rabbit and kicks yeah. her off. So Caleb is is chasing this rabbit and ends up at the at the witch's hut, which. I, whoa, it, whoa, wait! Before okay. this is, before we get to there, it's probably one of my favorite parts in the movie, especially with the subtitles on because he they're trying to find each other in the woods after they're separated and caleb is trying to whistle for thomason yeah and uh the subtitle for it is attempted whistling <laughs> and here's here's a clip from the movie thomason! <laughs> Put, he puts his fingers in his mouth you know to do the finger whistle, and that's exactly what I would sound like, too. <laughs> and so, yeah, he, he goes into the woods, and he discovers this hut, and you're like, oh, that's the witch's hut. The, uh, now, I'm at, once we get to the end of this whole thing, I'm going to discuss a couple themes that I see in this movie. And I think it's important to mention, just for, for the sake of my explanation of these themes, this the way this hut looks, it's almost... It's almost the land. Yeah, it's like a hobbit hole. It's ba- yeah, it's basically a hill with with a den cut into it. Yeah, and uh, and it's it's very it has 
it's very obvious that there are trees growing out of the top of it. Like, this is part of the, the landscape. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, this is the witch's den. And you've seen the witch before, that she's this evil hag yeah. woman, like, skin 75-year-old, naked. And then what comes out of the the hut is this, like, hot, witchy woman. Bosomy lady. Yeah. And Caleb, which is already trying to, like, feeling guilty about sneaking a peek at Thomason's like pretty, you know, underdeveloped <laughs> chest there through like layers and layers and layers of fabric of linen. Like this <laughs> stiff this, stiff <laughs> stiff linen. Yeah, this woman is like she is she's propped up got and a she's rack going she's on. like presenting and Caleb is just not equipped to deal with it. He is He's in the Taken. throes of passion. He's he's like, whoa. He's like frozen in in his tracks. Like, he can't move because he's like, I want to fuck that so bad, but I don't know what to do. I need to run. This isn't right. I need to find my sister. And then the witch slowly walks up to him and, and like, Kisses starts him. kissing him. And On then, the mouth. Inappropriately. Yeah. Bad touch. Grabs, like, he does not consent. <laughs> and then she grabs his neck and then it cuts. And so then... The next thing, Thomason goes back to her family and like, this is the worst possible fucking thing. They, they, so, they lose so I've, the horse. I've got That's some. That's like a I've, huge thing. Bryce, they, they, I've got some bad news. <laughs> Remember how we lost that first, I lost that first baby? <laughs> um yeah, Sam, I remember him. Did you find him out in the woods? And so it's pretty... No, not exactly. Like I said, it's bad news, but it's not, it's not the worst news because I'm here, right? So... Um, I went out in the woods with Caleb. Um, I, I lost him too. Yeah. Yeah. So Caleb's gone. The horse is gone, which is also just like a hugely significant loss yeah. that they never really touch on after that. They do a little bit. He's like, he's like, she's like, well, could you just go back to the village? And he's like, it's a day's ride with a horse and I yeah. don't have that anymore. Yeah. And I think the dog never comes back either. <laughs> Yeah, the dog gets injured in the woods, and uh, and that's that for yeah. the dog. So she comes back, and then all of a sudden, it's really suspicious. What is up with Thomasina or Thomason? Yeah, and and so it just goes down from there. Um, the the this is really kind of when the mom goes crazy. Yeah, it starts like, descending into madness. The movie really starts ramping into. Uh, a, a fever pitch, There's... and it's and it's only made worse when Caleb comes back. Yeah, because Th Thomason is really trying to get in the good graces of her mom, and she's like, "I'll let me go, like take care of the goats for you or something like that." It's dinner time, and her mom's like, "No, I can wait till morning," and she goes out. But don't worry about it. I'll go do it anyway. Yeah, she's trying to really ingratiate herself to the family to try to make up for this horrible tragedy that's happened. And then Caleb comes back naked, and it's like in the rain. This is almost worse. Yeah, because she so leaves, now... and all of a sudden Caleb's back and naked, and he is definitely like bewitched. So like you lost him, and you found him. <laughs> Yeah, and so they bring him in. He is he's like, got a fever. He's got a fever. He can't talk. Yeah, and what he, when he does talk, he's whispering in tongues or something like that. Yeah, and he's like, they try to bleed him 
to cure him because, you know, that's the cure for everything is bleeding someone. And uh, so that's kind of where it's at. It's like slowly descending into madness. And then what happens is Caleb comes out of it briefly. He comes out of it to do the most disturbing thing he possibly could. Right. Because he's like starting to yell out that the witch is attacking him. And and then it just descend. This is like the most madness that happens in the movie because to set the scene, he contorts. Caleb is in in this bed in the in the attic. Yeah, like uh, there's a window over him, shining light on him, and he starts the family like, spasming. The family is around him viewing this. Yeah, so mother and father on each side of him. Thomasina is kind of at the foot, and then the twins are off to the side. They're all there. Caleb starts spasming and spouting off like craziness about this witch, and they're panicking. And so, mother, father, and Thomason and the, start the twins start mimicking him. They 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 start basically doing what he's doing as he's doing it. Well, kind of. So they they all start praying. Yeah. They like try to do kind of a group. Let's pray the devil out situation. And they're all saying the Lord's Prayer, except the twins, their tongue is stopped. Yeah. And they can't speak. And they're like... So they claim. I can't remember how it goes. I can't... And then it's like... She's... It's, now, this whole time, the twins have been accusing uh, Thomason of being a witch. Because at one point in the movie, Thomason got sick of their shit and was like... Hey, you bitches, shut up. I am a witch, and and if you tell anybody, I'm going to get you. Yeah. And and it was... Like a, like a bigger sister would. Yeah, a lighthearted, you know, well, not lighthearted, a serious bigger sister moment, but a bigger sister moment nonetheless. Yeah, so they pick the worst time to act like... This is like the Crucible part. This is like the part yeah. in the Crucible where the little girls are acting bewitched. Um. And it's at this moment that they decide to do that. But also, they might actually be affected. Well, they're not affected. It's very hard to tell. They're basically probably being told by Satan to do this. It's to, definitely a to gray trick, area. <laughs> to trick the family. Which is where Satan works, is gray areas. Right. And, <laughs> and everything's and so, a gray area, Bryce. And then Caleb is... It doesn't help. Like, they're praying. Caleb eventually, like, from what he talks about, he sees... Jesus Christ and welcoming is accepted him into his, arms. into his bosom and kind of like in ecstasy. Yeah. Like in, in like religious ecstasy and dies. Yeah. He, he basically says, Oh Lord, here you are. You're here. You're here to take me, take me Lord. And then, and then just fucking dies. Yeah, and like in in the most dramatic fashion you possibly can, and yeah. what an act, man! This, all the kids in this, all the actors, all the actresses, brilliant, fantastic! Job. Yeah. I can't believe they got this out of what appears to be a ten to twelve year old boy. Yeah. So so that happens, and then what? Just in very quick succession, uh, William accuses. Thomason of being a witch and this is the greatest scene we just watched it again Thomason 
you know, he says like, you're a witch. And then she's like, no, I'm not like, why don't, why won't you believe me? And he's, he's like, like, tell me the truth. If you tell me the truth, we can get rid of it. Yeah. And she's like, and you- she's like, you want me to tell you the truth? And then she go, this is the best moment of the she movie. She nails him to a cross. Because she just points out like, you did all these things, these horrible things to me. Yeah. Like you let mom believe that I stole this silver cup and you let her and you are terrible at farming. You took Caleb out in the morning and and I took the blame for that too. Yeah. And uh, they, she like points out that he's terrible at farming. He's terrible at hunting. The only thing he's good at is chopping wood and like just all this, like laying out the dirty laundry and the unsaid yeah. baggage you of the family. You want to talk truth? Let's talk truth. And so he, of course, hits her, and eventually, oh, and then she reveals, she points out, like, hey, your two twins are communicating on the regular with this goat and yeah. singing songs to him. So I think we all know who the witches are. They're these, these fucking kids are, are evil, and they're lying to you. And so it's kind of like a moment of realization for William. But in the end, he puts Thomason and the twins into the barn, the remaining children. Nails them in there. He nails like w- them in with wood planks and says, like, we're going to figure this out. <laughs> you guys sit out here because my wife and I need some time to think. And then the ending is just the most. It's like the best delivery yeah. of this story because... Black Philip gets out. Man, I could talk so long about this yeah. ending. Yeah, Black Philip gets out. Um, William confronts Black Philip. The scene, okay. The scene after he puts the kids in in the barn, he's like praying to God in like despair, yeah. and he's like, "Just forgive me of my pride. Like I'm. This is all my fault. Like I tried my best. Like what is going on? Please save us." Meanwhile. In the shed, the kids are sitting out in the shed in the dark at night, and they hear something jump onto the roof. Right. And then and then they watch it work its way. In, you don't get to see it, but they watch it work its way into the shed with them. Uh-huh. And then, then there's a scene of this old witch basically slurping, slurping milk out of the goat's tit. Yeah. And this is the other... Every time they show the witch, it's great. Oh, it's so they go disturbing. Full witch, and they go on full-on witch cackle. Here's here's a clip. <laughs> oh, I got chills, I love man. it. Ugh. Look it, look it. I just got goosebumps yeah. so bad. Yeah. It's like, oh, that is scary. That is frightening, seeing a, like, evil... Dag that's like eating, ready to eat children. Definitely, definitely bad person. Yeah. (laughs) So, so that's all happening. William's like praying to the Lord and really sincerely like in despair. And then when this, this is such an interesting choice, such an interesting choice as, as all the, as like the family gets picked off one by one, basically black Philip gets out. It's already been established. Like something ain't right with black Philip and big black, horns on this goat yeah black philip attacks williams like stabs him like horribly in the abdomen william is immediately bleeding from the mouth from this he's gonna die now yeah and he lifts up this this axe it's like the moment in sightings 
is where, it sightings? Yeah, no, um, yeah, signs. Signs. Where swing where, away Merrill. Like swing away Merrill. Yeah. Except instead of chopping down on Black Phillip, this is such an interesting choice, oh, and I love great. it so much. He throws the axe down, and then he says... This this line is chills. Corruption, thou art my father. And then he falls down. And then the the goat attacks him. Oh, yeah. The, the pushes him into the woodpile, and this giant like ton of wood falls on William. So in the last moment of his life, and this is so significant in their in their theology. He dies chopping wood. That <laughs> Dude, he he dies doing the one like in the one thing he was good at. So he Black Philip kills him and in that moment he basically submitted to right. Satan. He said, Corruption thou art my father. So he gave up. Yeah. And it's like in their theology and in their belief system, that's just it's the worst thing you the can worst do. thing you can do. Yeah. Like he evil won yeah. in that moment, and then it shows the mother. She comes upon this scene and she sees she sees the the shed that's torn apart, and Thomason is basically passed out, hanging well, out of the shed. <laughs> well, before that, actually, so in the night that the witch appears to the children, there's lots of stuff that happens. Um, and Kathleen, Catherine, Catherine, Mm -hmm. um, the The mother, um, goes downstairs and she's greeted by her two missing children. Yeah. Caleb and Sam. In like a fever dream almost. Yeah. Caleb's holding Sam in the candlelight and she's like, oh my God, my children have come back to me. And Caleb starts talking to Catherine in a whisper. Yeah. And is like, is this what you want? Yeah. It's like we can we can come back to you anytime, like kind of this thing and and Catherine takes Sam and he's crying, so he goes to breastfeed her and then it cuts to reality and it shows this this raven, raven pecking at her tit and like just really And she's in the throes of of motherly ecstasy. Like she's like, Yay, I have my children back yeah, while this so thing's like, like pulling on her flesh. Really alarming stuff. Yeah. And then So yeah, then cut to um William's dead and Catherine comes out and she sees this shed or this barn is like completely torn apart. Like it looks like an explosion happened and all the dead goats around it. Yeah. And then it's, it's just Thomason, right? Yeah. The the twins aren't there. Anymore. Twins are gone. Twins like disappeared or something. It's never talked about where the twins go. No. Well, I'm, I mean, the twins made a pact. Yeah. I think, you assume, assume the twins are just gone. Yeah. I, I well, I assume they've, not not dead and gone, but like they like the devil got them. Yeah, and then mother attacks Thomason, and this is another moment that just really is just this great payoff between the characters because it just ends in tragedy, and the mother is like attacking her, and Thomason grabs a knife, like grabs like some farm implement, slashes her, and then because. Her mother's really attacking her, yeah. like really trying to do her harm. Trying to kill her. And she she cuts her mother in the face. In the face. Beats her. And, and she's like, it's the most heartbreaking moment because Thomason, even in this moment, says, I love you. I love like, you, Mom. Please like stop. This, she's so helpless in this yeah. moment. It's basically everything in this movie is happening to Thomason. Yeah. She's this innocent girl, true believer. She's really trying to do her best. And it all points to her as being the reason for it and it's not right and so her mom is trying to kill her and then she has to 
she has to kill her mom yeah. to save herself. And when she does, you can tell a switch flips. You know, right. you can tell. Because by then, everything's gone. <clears throat> her, all, her entire right. family is gone or dead. Right. At that at that point. And then so the <clears throat> the final ending is so Thomason in a daze goes into the house, the and, house falls asleep. and falls asleep. And when she wakes up, she goes back out into the barn and Black Phillip is sitting by the barn just waiting for her. And they both go in to the barn. They have a discussion. And she she goes to him and, and says, like, you know, talk to me like you talk to to uh the twins the twins like speak to me can you understand my english and then this is the iconic moment in the film i, I pulled the clip like philip i conjure thee to speak to me speak as that to speak to jonas and mercy I understand my English tongue. Answer me. cannot underline how great this scene is it's it's so it's so artistically done too. the choices that they make for satan i'm always really interested in depictions of satan yeah in, in film and in art and this is one of the more interesting ones because it's she's talking to a goat you don't actually see the goat in this scene and when black philip quote unquote starts talking to her it shows like the very tips of an actual man yeah. there. So you see like walking. These, yeah, the tips. You see like these that's a, boots. That's a great way to say it. You see the boots and then you see him like walk around behind her and he's like in the darkness and you can barely, barely make out an outline of, of like a, a face or a person. And he's like just offering her the pleasures of life, you yeah. know. And just the the phrase, wouldst thou like the taste of butter? Yeah. And it's so simple. And back in those times, that must have been like, that is so... You got some butter? <laughs> Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm sure, Did I you mean, say butter? I don't think it's probably rare. I think they, butter was like a thing, but to... To, to just eat it. To, to talk to, about the richness of right. what he can offer is right. like, do you like the taste of butter? It's You yeah. like nice clothes? You want to live deliciously. It's just such an interesting way to phrase that. It's beautiful. And and then she submits. She's like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how to sign. And he's like, he's like, I'll guide your hand. And then you see like another outline of him, like kind of like clutching her. Yeah, like you don't really so see, great. you don't really see him, but you get the impression that he's touching her. It's, I honestly like believe it's being like embraced. one of the more underutilized characters 
in in art is Lucifer or Satan, oh. like an actual just a depiction of Satan himself. Like every time yeah. that they do it, so, there's so much interesting stuff you can do. Yeah. Like if, even if you go back in history to like Paradise Lost uh, by Milton, like the most interesting character in that is Satan. Like that's oh, the yeah. only interesting one because like you got God, which is perfect, so boring. Boring. You got Adam and Eve, which are perfect and innocent, which is boring. And then you got Satan, that's got beef. Yeah. And imperfect. And 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 has intelligence. Yeah. You know, like he has, like that's what he gives to Adam and Eve. He yeah. gives them the gift of intelligence. Yeah. You have the ultimate evil, ultimate intelligence. He knows everything. He's basically like God, and he. And he has, he is also powerful. Yeah. He's, he's the bad guy to God's good guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so anyways, before we get into the themes on this, I do want to give a shout out to uh, Dustin Goble, who does, who has given us some great artwork for Pumpkinhead and also now for The Witch. It's, uh, you can check out his, his artwork for The Witch. He, he drew um black uh black philip for us and mm-hmm. uh and it's uh i think it's i think his it says the witch live deliciously yeah and it's beautiful and you should check it out you should check him out his instagram is at d goble that's g o e b e l zero zero on instagram you check out his uh his art and uh you know if you have if you have professional artwork needs or if you, if you have like fan fan f- stuff that you want, want done, I'm sure he can, uh, he can help you out. So get a hold of him. Yeah. Big thanks to you. Dustin. Really, really awesome. He's very, very generous to help us out with the artwork. And, um, so yeah, this let's, let's talk about the films where I knew that this was going to be a long episode because there's so much to talk about it. Yeah. And it's so interesting to me, like each, each one of these points, like I could talk about Caleb and his dealing with hormones and like yeah. attraction. I could talk about William and his like struggles with faith and trying to support this family. And like every single character is interesting. It's, it's, I mean, even the title's interesting. The two V's I looked up, I looked up why it was, uh, why it was spelled the Vich to V V I T C H instead of the witch. Apparently in this time in, you know, the early 1600s, W was not in common use. Yeah. And they didn't have it, so they made it with two Vs. Yeah, and it's like a German thing, too. I oh. mean, like, I think it's also just a German pronunciation of the of the letter W. So that just speaks so, to and, the... And to back the, then, like, spelling was not standardized. That's something that we don't have, like, even, even in, like, the 1800s, spelling was not standardized right. at all, especially in American English. So, so that just speaks to the efforts gone forth to make this, you know, a true period piece. Yeah. So there's a bunch of themes in this that I'd like to at least touch on. One of which is I, this is a strongly feminine or or feminist film to me. I I this the shame that 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 women are made to feel about their body mm-hmm. and have been is is so is so prevalent 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 in this in this movie and um and being and the the thomas and being blamed for everything taking on all of the yeah and also like the 
the value or superstition of the value of a woman right. to men yes. to where it's revealed at the very end when the mother is attacking Thomason that this whole time she's like, you're a slut and you're you're trying to seduce my son and my husband away from me. Yeah. And it's like this undercurrent of like the of sexuality the power is a power of, of, of it. Of, of, being, of being a female. Yeah. And, and you know, th- this is almost the Adam and Eve Eden story told in reverse. You know, it's like at the end, instead of at the beginning, she accepts the the knowledge see she she does the deal with the devil you know she um and and she's what she's given in return is is freedom like now she's truly free she goes out into the woods she's naked she no longer has to has to worry about being ashamed of her body she rises into the air that's the ultimate freedom being able to fly Mm -hmm. like she's she's done with this life of being everybody's bitch of, mm-hmm. of being, you know, the blamed for everything. And now she has the power. Yeah. She's the one who, and by the way, the witches in this movie have all the power throughout the whole movie. That's true. Like they are in control the whole way through they're, And they're the female force. Mm-hmm. The other one I wanted to talk about. So, so that I, I find the most interesting about this, this, this film, which is, which is, which is, um, you know, in a time where women, you know, historically were, <laughs> were burned at the stake for being what they weren't in this movie, the witches actually do exist and they have the power. Yeah. The other one is nature versus, versus order, mm-hmm. you know, chaos and order. Right. Which is, which is, um, yeah, th- and this that's, family, also, that's also kind of a part of the the lore of the devil and and witches, right? Is that it's very based in nature too, right? That it's the, the, the concept of Satan is that he's the Lord of Earth. Yes, like God is the God of the heavens and everything in the universe, but Satan is put on Earth to rule like the worst impulses of man and of nature. Right. Like, and that's, that's kind of, it's so interesting, interesting well. because, because nature is cast as evil uh-huh. and nature, as we, as we know, nature is not evil. Nature just is, it yeah. is, it, it there, it may appear evil and very harsh because that's, that's the world. And I can see how someone would construe it that way. But, uh, but this trying to, eke out into the wilderness and and carve your order into it does in this situation does not work out they're trying to trying to force the land to give them what the, what they need but the witches are doing just fine living basically in the land like their like their hovel is just a, a hill that they carved into the land and mm-hmm. and they're just stealing babies and rubbing them all over themselves doing doing fine like yeah. they got everything they need yeah yeah, um, obviously the... The land will provide babies for them to mash right. and rub on their bodies. Yeah, when you need to mortar and pestle yourself a baby, <laughs> just go and get one. Satan's there for you. He's He's got you covered. Uh, yeah, did you... Um, oh, and the other one was everyone in this movie 
it purports to be everyone being the family. Everyone in this family purports to and hopes to be so pious. But the whole way along, they're they're lying. There's all these little lies and all these little imperfections that make the, each one of them do the mom the dad the the brother the sister like they're all like the sister messes with the twins she shouldn't have done that like every one of them is deserving of some sort of retribution yeah i mean this is like okay so unlocking my christian brain or unlocking kind of the theological part of it uh, this is a theme that i found really interesting is the closeness of sin yes that it's they, right there. With they're you. always trying, and everyone's imperfect, but they're trying so hard to be perfect. Yeah. Um, pretty much everyone succumbs except Caleb. Caleb, well, yes, he does. Yeah. He does like he doesn't run away from the witch, but also you know he's kind of bewitched and he's, like who, he's lustful. He's also preyed upon by the witch. But when he comes back, and he he has the. Uh, kind of the deathbed moment of redemption mm-hmm. like he accepts the lord and his lord and savior and when he dies he's saved like that yeah. is that is the deal that's the heavy implication and everyone else succumbs yeah and the the most heartbreaking one is william that he is the the pillar of strength in the family and in the final moment yeah like the moment on his he's going to die he could kill black philip he almost with made this it. with this axe that he's like you know swing away merrill moment and he decides like he has he decides to let it happen he decides to let it happen and he's not even really worked upon by the devil it's just literally his despair it would be, and, just be easier to give up and in that moment yeah. He decides, and it's so so beautiful. Close. So in that theology, and in that that those rules of like what what you say on your deathbed, or yeah. like any given moment, your decision can lead you to damnation. They all decide to go down that road, even though all of them are pious. Yeah. All of them are they're good people too. It's not even. I can't even say that they're necessarily hypocrites even williams actions they're for the best interest yeah. of his family he's not like lying for the sake of lying he's lying to try to to try and save whoever is in the is in the crosshairs of of the mom at that moment yeah he wants to like a very good reason is his his wife is despairing yeah about this lost baby he's and trying he's, to smooth things it's over. a bad time to come to her and say like hey you know this treasured cup like we really got to sell it right now so he's trying to like go through these actions to try to protect yes the family both his wife's emotions and his family's well-being so even like the hypocrisy unquote unquote that ha- occurs in the family like it's all well-meaning it is all and and it's just you know i think it's a, a great example of it is in our nature to sin you know, we right. are, we are, there's no way to escape it. Right. It's very hard. Even Caleb, who is basically sinless, lusts after his sister a little bit and yeah. feels remorse for it. And it's to, to the people of that time, the prospect of witches and black magic and Satan's influence. And even like when you put it in that context for modern viewers, it's still terrifying. Yeah. And it must have been terrifying to them back then. The, oh my the, God specter of 
evil magic and witches working against you. You're in a new land with with new diseases, new shit, new new animals, new like you you got you left your family behind in a across a huge ocean. Like it's just amazing that you're even here and now nature's trying to get you and yeah. the only way you can rationalize it is there's got to be fucking witches after me. Like at this point I'm just insane. Yeah. So the ending 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 is Thomason you know, signing Satan's book and walking into the woods and it ends in this black mass. And it's really a beautiful ending. It is. And it, it's probably the only depiction that I know of, of what is historically described as a black mass yeah. and the pictures that you see of a group of naked women and witches floating in the air in a circle and just in ecstasy. Cause the, kind of the lore behind witches is you sign Satan's book and you become his concubine okay. more or less. Like w you, you are a witch if you've had sex with Satan. Like that's what historically that means Okay, is that, okay. Yeah. Hey, that, that woman's a witch. I know. Cause I think she fucks Satan. Woo. Like that's quite an accusation. Yeah. And, uh, that's really interesting. Yeah. And you know, by, You've been through this, like, following up on this uh, feminine, feminist sort of agenda of the, the whole thing. You know, um, she doesn't have to be scared anymore. Now she gets to be the terror. Mm -hmm. You know, now she accepts it and revels in it. And yeah, and it never, it never, like, it never shows the bad side of being a witch other than, you know, mashing up babies and rubbing them against yourself. <laughs> like, the whole part of... The lore of Satan is that he is a deceiver and whatever deal you make with him is a very bad deal on your, for you. Are you saying it's sweet? Are you saying, Bryce, that it's sweet to be a witch because you get to kiss little kids? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I'm saying like, it doesn't show the bad part of being a witch. I'm disgusted by you. That is disgusting. Well, all right, whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I guess I'm not being clear on what I'm trying to say. <laughs> but you, I think uh, the undercurrent is like she she submits, she becomes a witch, and the audience is left not only with the with the um, aftershock of what happened to the family, but also there's an understanding that this is not going to work out good for Thomason. Yeah, like this is still the bad choice. I mean, you know who's to say. It seems like a sweet deal. Let's go with it. You know, uh, corruption, thou art my father. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's The Witch. Fantastic movie. I mean, so final recommendations for this. I think everyone should see this movie. There's some people that aren't going to like it. This is this is too, uh, too heavy of a ride for many people, for sure. Like, there are people who will just not be able to handle the first 10 minutes of this. Yeah. And then it is just, it's not going to end up good. See, that's the thing. I, I, I feel like it's such a great choice to put, throw down the stakes right away, put down the stakes right away. Yeah. And that like, all right, yes, this is a super accurate historical drama, but there is a, Super, like supernatural, supernatural haggy witch that's going to eat babies. So for those people that kind of like the more gory or, you know, slashery horror, there's, you know, there's an undercurrent of that. Here we got as well. you covered. Yeah. 
That's so interesting. It's a, it's a it's great, such a, such it's, a great movie. I've had such a good time just dissecting it and going back over it. Like, uh, this movie is so, is such a dead ringer for just a very satisfying, well made movie. Um, I'll go back to it year after year. I really will. Yeah. This is a, a true, true ten, transcendent 10. And this week, as of, so this is released on Wednesday and Thursday, Friday. Robert Eggers is coming out with his sophomore film, which is The Lighthouse, which yeah. we're super excited about seeing. Yeah. So, so go see The Lighthouse this weekend. Go see it. We are going to be reviewing it. I think it has Willem Dafoe in it. Yeah, Willem Dafoe and um, the vampire from <laughs> from Twilight series. What's his name? Robert Pattinson. Okay. Yeah, Robert Pattinson. Oh, wow. Name. It's been a while. Hot minutes since I've seen him. Um, he's been in stuff, just not stuff you've watched. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so yeah, check it out. It's streaming on Netflix. Watch this and then watch The Lighthouse this, yeah. this week. Yeah. Okay. With M- that. Moving on to taglines. How many? Okay. How many you got? Tagline. I got four. Mm. How many you got? I think I have three or four. Okay. Taglines is a game where we come up with alternate taglines for the movie that we're reviewing, and uh, I think I got some good ones. Okay. Um, you go first. The witch. What's that like? The taste of these nuts. <laughs> <laughs> it was great because I did not expect it at all. I was like, oh, you cornball. And then you said, these nuts. And I was on board. Uh, the witch eating babies and taking names. <laughs> uh, okay. The witch loosely based on the actual life of Stevie Nicks. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Witch. The Oregon Trail, but instead of dysentery, you die from Satan. <laughs> That's good. The Witch. Witches all float down here. Okay. All right. That all one. Right. Maybe not so much. All right. I was trying to. I probably could have worked that out better. It's an it reference, people. I, yeah, I get it. You know. Okay. The Witch. The Raven, the writing desk, and the titty? <laughs> Well, because she's sitting at the writing desk and the raven's picking at her at her boob. I don't, I don't get the reference. Is that a reference to something? The raven and the raven and the writing desk. Oh, I yeah, guess. it's a it's a uh, it's just a you know piece of canon literature. That's all. Okay. <laughs> uh, um. Oh yeah. <laughs> all right. This will be a performance based one. The witch. You chop 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and your family is taken apart by satanic influences. <laughs> Who would have thought that the witch would have made for good taglines? Yeah. Me, I mean, that's a that's a great... Do you have one last one? No, I don't. Um, I, I apologize, though. I, I th- was thinking about it. I was like, The Raven and the Writing Desk, I think, was actually the poem that the Mad Hatter... Gave in Alice in Wonderland. Oh, okay. What is the raven and the right? Like, what's the difference between what is the similarity between a raven and a writing desk? It's like, what? 
<laughs> I don't know. Well, as it turns out, it's the titty. Okay, there you go. Um, okay, next game. I'm We're interested play in a new I don't, game. I don't know anything about this game. Which is called... What, what did I call it? Witch is a witch. Witch is a witch. No music for this one. Well, we'll, we'll come up with something. Hold on. Hold on. Let's play... Which is, is, is a witch. Okay, so which is a witch is I'm going to give you two actresses, five sets of two actresses, and you have to pick which one has played a witch. Oh, that's a cool game. Good for you. Look at you. Okay. Which is a witch? Okay. Sandra Bullock or Christina Hendricks? Oh, I know this for sure. Although Christina Hendricks would make a fabulous witch. Oh. Uh, no, Sandra Bullock uh, was, I believe, in Practical Magic. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I got one. Okay. Number two, Michelle Pfeiffer or Kristen Stewart? Oh, that's, that's a... Oh, wait, I'm thinking of uh, Dunst. But Stewart was the girl from the... Um, the we just mentioned that. Uh, uh, Twilight. Twilight. Uh, okay, and so... Kristen Stewart and Michelle Pfeiffer. Miss Michelle Pfeiffer. I think Michelle Pfeiffer was in something about Salem. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Michelle Pfeiffer, even though I'm sure Stewart has been in more witchy movies. Pfeiffer, you're correct. Okay, and Michelle was, Pfeiffer was in Witches of Eastwick. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Okay. All right, these are. Uh, easier than I thought. <laughs> I I was when you're over. Horror. I was overestimating your ability to not remember actresses or movies. <laughs> well, well, there you go. That's what you get for underestimating. All right. Next is Winona Ryder or Nev Campbell. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, so the, the, I'll t- I'll give you this. You you've done an excellent job of pairing up <laughs> women who seem like they should have been witches because Winona Ryder obviously seems like she should have been a witch at some point. But no, it's Nev Campbell. All right, fuck. Yeah. All right, well we've already won. But here's the n- next two: uh, Allison Hannigan or Aubrey Plaza. See now, I don't know who Allison Hannigan is. Can you help me out a little um, bit? In American Pie, she's the one that says one time at band camp. Oh, 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 and Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza, again, is a very Wynota Ryder-esque um, choice, but, uh, boy, um, I, I think, given her, uh, the Allison Hannigan, mm-hmm. Hannigan, I think she was probably, probably hit something in one of the, was she in any of the uh, scary movies? I'm going to say her. <sighs> Wow, I'm terrible. Okay, you're right. Allison Hannigan played a witch in Buffy the Vampire Slayer TV oh, series. Okay, Buffy the Vampire Layer is what we prefer to call it. Okay, last one. Mm. I hope this one's the hardest one. All right, <laughs> we'll see. I'll see. I'll I'll take it as the proof of concept if you don't get this one right. All right, uh, Mila Jovovich and Famke Jansen. Who's Famke Jansen? Oh, you know. No. She was a model, and also she was Jean Grey in the original run of X-Men movies. You, see, would, you would probably recognize her if you saw her. See, now, Mila Jovovich, uh, star of all the Resident Evil movies and a few other movies, I could see, and uh, The Fifth Element, uh, I could see her 
like accidentally being like a witch, you know, like by name, like she plays a character who is technically technically a witch the same way Yoda is. I don't know. But technically sure. a, whatever. a wizard, a wizard. But um, <clears throat> hmm. Ah, this is tough. I'm going to go with the girl who I don't know, because I don't think Mila Jovovich has played a witch. God damn it. Okay. All right. You got all, you got every single fucking one of them Bing. right. Go. So Famke Jansen was a witch in Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. <laughs> oh, I watched that. You did? I did see that. Yeah. All right. Well, she was the witch. It was not good. <laughs> Shocking. Mm. Okay. So that was Witch, witch is, a, is witch. a Witch. All right. <laughs> You have Sorry, to I should have let it. I should have let it. You ring. have to attack that button. Which is a witch. So that's our show for today. What a failed game. We'll never play that one fucking again. I love that game. What are you talking about? <laughs> I had a great time. Yeah, that one was kind of cobbled together at last second. It's it, some of those were so obvious. Like I was really hoping you weren't going to get Sandra Bullock. I thought that was going to be the one. Practical Magic, please. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Practical Magic. Fun, funny story. Uh, th- I think the first fight Carrie and I ever had was over that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm dating my now wife uh, like 11 years ago and uh, and I'm over at her house. So I have an apartment. She's living with her parents at the time. It's we're in our early 20s and uh, and I'm at her parents house because they have food and uh, I'm a bachelor who has peanut butter mm-hmm. and I'm getting tired of peanut butter. So I'm over at her house and uh, practical magic comes on and Carrie's like, I love this movie. And I'm like, this movie sucks. I've never seen such a visceral response before or since. She's like, it does not suck. Get out of the house. I was like, wait, what? It does suck. Number one. So I dug in, obviously. Uh I was like, "Eh, how can you say this movie doesn't suck? Look at this movie. Boo. And she's, and then she's like, how can you say it turned into a big thing, you know? And then, uh, I, I think I probably charmed my way into getting to eat because I, you know, I can do that with older women. So I was like, okay, she's trying to make me leave because I think practical magic sucks. And, she's, <laughs> and then we ate a tense dinner or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, practical magic. Yeah, I still haven't my seen first it. fight. So Sandra Bullock and... Uh, what's yeah, her name? some other big notable. No, what's her name? Tom Cruise's ex-wife. Oh, Nicole Kidman. Nicole yes. Kidman. Yeah, big notable. Was in that. She, Nicole Kidman was a re- witch twice. She was in Practical Magic and Bewitched. Oh, dude. Oh, wait, no, that's uh, something else. <laughs> yeah. All right, so thank you for listening to the show. Special thanks to Dustin Goble, uh, again, our artist for the show, which uh, graciously made our cover art for... The post. This episode. Check out um, the the cover art for this, but also for Pumpkinhead. He did a great cover for, so, for Pumpkinhead so that, that has Pumpkinhead and, um, what's his name? Hendrickson. Lance. Lance Hendrickson. Like a behind the scenes picture of them of them like together viewing a smartphone and like the he put in a sharing some headphones some some uh ear pods 
yeah. watching. So great. Anyways, thank you so much, Dustin, for, for doing that for us. That's dgobel00 on Instagram. Yeah, so it's at dgoebel00 on Instagram. Check them out. Also, special thanks to all our patrons for supporting the show. Um, please, if you want to support the show, you could do it financially, but also you could do it just by sharing with a friend. Right now is the Halloween season. People are watching horror movies. Please just share the podcast with other people. Also, leave a rating on Apple Podcasts so we can get up to our goal of 200 ratings. Definitely do that. And then also... You know, check out our Facebook page or any of our social media, but mostly Facebook page because Bryce has been doing 31 Days of Horror throughout October. And he's yeah, been so 31 Days of Horror Movie Talk, specifically. Yeah, Horror Movie Talk. So he's been sharing past episodes that, you know, will get you in the uh, in the mood for the season. The last one that I shared, well, not as of this of this post, but um, the last one that I shared yesterday as of this recording was our review of Sleepaway Camp. And I I revisited the first part of that. That is a great episode. A tragic boating accident. <laughs> and it has, well, you know, one of my very, very favorite clips from that episode. That- God damn, look at those hot children. Yeah. <laughs> I've been, like, I've been told by, by people that I should be very mad at you. Oh. For, for this, for, for constantly dragging that clip out. See, that's the thing is, the reason why I get to do that is that I just pulled the clip. Yeah. In that same episode, like immediately after that clip, I say something that's very, very bad taken out of context. Yeah, but and a I, wouldn't, other I wouldn't do that to you. And, and I haven't. Yeah. But that's also why but, it's hilarious. Because you're my friend. Mm-hmm. Or so I thought. So, I mean, what are you, what's your opinion on on children, though? God damn, look at those hot children. That's not my opinion on children. That's taken completely out of context. I, uh, yeah. Um, it was an accident. Yeah, that, that's a good clip. I like that no, one. No, in that, in that episode, I think I, you could have pulled a clip where I said, um, I said something about their hot little asses. <laughs> there you go. And then there was something else about, oh yeah, they, <laughs> They call them baldies where I come from. Baldies where I come from, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Stephen made mention of that on that post. Yeah, that was a a really fun episode. You guys should go back and check out some of our our old stuff and check out our Facebook page because we will just give it to you. Last plugs, if you go to our website, horrormovietalk.com, you'll also see a button in the banner for our links to Amazon. If you click through there and buy anything on Amazon, we'll get a little cut of that. One more thing. Shudder. It is Halloween. that's right. Stream Shudder using HMT at checkout, the code HMT at checkout to stream uh, tons and tons of uh, classic horror classics and new originals and original series on Shutter. So Shutter.com and HMT at checkout gets you 30 days of free viewing. That's the whole month of October. Yeah, I've I've got my own personal 31 days of horror movie films going on right now. And off of Shutter, I've watched Halloween four and five, and we'll probably be watching more uh, some Giallo that I need to catch up on. Like I think they watch. have. I think they have like most of the Hellraiser series on there still, don't they? I don't recall. I I think they have the Blob on there, and I would like to watch the yeah. Blob. Uh, so check that out. Thank you so much for listening. I know that there's just a couple of you left. Um, you're our favorite. You, you right there. You're the that's listening. 
uh, we will do unspeakable things for you because you're listening to the very end. So we love you, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. We love you. Accident!